I ask that you will indulge me for about 30 seconds. I want to play for you a song. Some of you will recognize it and go, oh, I haven't heard that in forever. And some of you will go, what the heck is this? So indulge me and watch this. Okay, so how many of you remember that song? Who was that? Do you remember the name? Richie Havens. Richie Havens, exactly. It was a freedom song, and it was from the movie Woodstock and the concert in 1969. In fact, Richie Havens opened up Woodstock with that. And as I was looking at this clip this week, it was so crazy. Everybody is sitting down in rows. People actually sat down neatly at Woodstock for about two minutes. And then after that, it all went crazy. But this is a song of personal freedom. If you remember the 60s, or if you heard about the 60s, it was a great time of social change. The war in Vietnam was going on. It was really the first war that was not popular. Also, people were experimenting with drugs. They were experimenting with sex. They were, oh, it was crazy. And so it's a song of personal freedom. But I want to share with you another song that has to do with the freedom that we all really celebrated this week. And I'm sure you'll recognize this. And I'm proud to be an American. Every time I hear that, I, I really tear up. Lee Greenwood, Proud to be an American, the song. That is a song of political freedom. You know, you hear that and you take pride in the country and we're thankful for our independence. We're thankful for all those that have paid such a high price for it. That's a song of political freedom. There's another song I want to play for you this morning, but I'm not going to play it right now. Play it kind of at the end um, because we kind of need a little bit of preparation for it. And this is uh, going to be very personal. This is your own song. And it's a song of private freedom. Freedom that you really feel inside of you. Beyond, you know, social freedom and political freedom. Inner freedom. We would even call it perhaps spiritual freedom. The reason that that is so important is because that's why God gave us His Son, Christ. And that's something that we all, because we're human certainly me included, we struggle with that. And here's part of the reason that we do struggle with that. In my mind, there's a closet. In that closet is a box. I go to this box at least once a day. I dread opening it. But I don't know how to live without it. In this box, I keep the past. I keep my mistakes and failures, my sins and my regrets. This box contains the voices that keep me from moving forward, all the things that keep me from living. These cards, these voices, have become the very definition of my inner being. They keep me from escaping the darkest parts of me. 
You deceive. You only care about yourself. You're an addict. You're unkind. You judge others. There are times when I feel strong enough to take back control, to let go of these regrets, to just walk away. But every time I try, I hear the voices even louder. This is who you are. You are no better than you were before. Do you think God still wants you? Do you think he still cares? How many times is he going to take you back? You're careless and selfish. You just don't measure up. And I'm pulled right back into the box. It's shame. The truth is that we all have such a box or a place or a container or, or something inside of us that we hold things like that. Perhaps when you were a child and you were in school, you were bullied. And that affected how you thought of yourself and how you think of yourself still today as an adult, how you think about your future. Perhaps you're one of those people that just had it all together and you succeeded at everything you did. Until you got to that really, really big time and place in your life. And then you failed miserably for the first time. And that's affected how you see yourself and you see the world in the present and in the future. Perhaps for you, you made some mistakes. You did some things. You had some bad choices. And those things significantly have affected you. And you're living with those choices and those things right now and you have such regret about that and maybe those choices even affect others around you quite frequently now and you have guilt about that or or maybe you just thought by this time in life it should be easier than it is but it's not sometimes it seems like it's getting harder and so whatever that thing is for you and it can be a whole bunch of different things we all have a box or a container or a place inside where we hold those things. And some of us suggest there might even go there every day and pull those things out and look at them. Or maybe it's every other day or a few days or maybe once a week or maybe, you know, you're really good with this. It's only maybe every three or four weeks. But all of us have that kind of thing inside of us. And we just keep going back and and pulling things out. Well, this morning, God wants us to understand that and to go beyond that. Because you see, He didn't create us to have those kind of things in our lives and to continually have them impact who we are today and, and who we can be tomorrow. And so, as we look at in the Scriptures for the word free, the concept of freedom, you know where it starts? In the second chapter in the Bible. Second chapter of Genesis, we read, And the Lord commanded the man, you are free. Let's stop there for a second. Notice the word commanded. The Lord commanded. It doesn't say that the Lord had this idea. You know what? This uh, freedom, that would, that would be a cool thing. You know, maybe we could do something with that now. 
He commanded. And it doesn't say it was a suggestion like, you know what, it's kind of a cool thing. Uh, maybe you might want to embrace freedom in your life. Not a, not a suggestion. It's not an idea. It's a command. In other words, God's saying, you are free. You are free. That is how God's created you. And that word free, what does it really mean? It means without restrictions or without hindrances. You are free to live your life. God created you that way. To live without restrictions and without hindrances. You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. That's the context here. And the word any, what does that mean? All, every, <laughs> and there are no restrictions on that. You are, are free without hindrance or restrictions to eat of anything. And it goes beyond eating. It's, it's doing things, thinking things, being. That's all open. It's all free. But you know, God has a little bit more he adds to this. Because here he's saying, you're free too. That's a concept. Part of our understanding of freedom. But he also says, but you know... You must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. And so here's kind of like a question. Let's see, we are free too. He was free to eat of any. However, you also need to be free from something. And it's true. If you are to be truly free to anything, that's the way God created you. That's the life he wants for you. You to be free, completely free. You have to be free from hindrances. You have to be free from restrictions, things that, that hold you back. And the greatest thing that holds us back is not a knowledge of good, but it's the knowledge of evil. And so if we have that knowledge, it's a hindrance in our life. Because if we eat of that fruit, we surely die. I mean, talk about exact opposite of freedom. Freedom for anything or death, you can't do anything at all. You're not even there anymore. And so God's concept of freedom is freedom to anything. That's what he wants for all of us. But we have to be free of the hindrances to really experience that. One of the greatest examples of this in our time is this man, Nelson Mandela. You've probably heard this, but maybe don't know the details. From 1962 to 1990, Nelson Mandela was in prison. All the way from 1962 to 1990. Think about what life was like in 62. The big electronic thing then was a transistor radio. Yeah, man, I got this radio. I can walk around and it picks up in the air and I don't have to cord or anything. And by 1990, computers had started coming. They were still pretty basic to what we have now, but they were there. Think about cars. Think what a 1962 Chevy looked like. Those of you that are able to do that. And think what a 1990 Chevy looks like. They're like night and day. Socially, too, as we talked about, the way people viewed things then, things in, in 90, or just like miles apart. And Nelson Mandela was imprisoned that whole time for 27 years. Unbelievable. But what happened after is even more unbelievable. Because afterwards, he became South Africa's president. He was imprisoned for 27 years by this this country of South Africa, and four years later, if you get out, he becomes their president. He was in prison for apartheid. And that is extreme social and financial and political oppression of the white minority to the black majority. Now, when did he become president? This is even more unbelievable. In 1994, 
Four years after being in prison for 27 years, the government let him go, and then he's their president. Crazy. So if there's anybody who understands about freedom, it's this man, because he's been on both sides of it in a radical, radical way. So how did he do this? Well, he said this. As I walked out of the door toward the gate that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave behind my hatred and bitterness... If I did not leave the hatred and bitterness behind, I'd still be in prison. In other words, he was free to pursue a life that led him to be president only because he was free from the hatred and the bitterness that he had. Incredible. Very much what Hebrews 12:1 says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Notice what it says to do there. Does it say, oh, let it drop off? To say, just, just lay aside. Just, just take a little step away from. No. What does it say? Throw. Throw off. You guys have those little green frogs, the little really tree frogs. Tree frogs yeah, they're, they're kind of big and they're flat and they're slimy. Yeah. I had one jump on me in my front porch. And I was like, ah! And I looked at it for him on the ground and he wasn't there. And I'm like, he's got to be on me. Turned out I was getting ready to ride my bike, and I had my glasses I wear with the thing so I can see if I need to. I'm on my bike. He was on my glass frame. I would love to take him and chunk him farther into the soft grass. He could have had a good landing. But that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about throw off everything, everything that hinders the freedom that God wants you to have. He created you to be free. So throw it away. And the sin which we know is a result of evil, as we saw in the second chapter of Genesis, that so easily entangles. What does the word entangle mean? Is it like very neatly binding something up? No. Entangles messy. Entangle doesn't, in an organized way, wrap around things. It entangles you where you don't see it. You don't even know it's happening. So God says, throw away everything that hinders and the sin that entangles you because it's going to take a hold of you and it's going to wrap around you in ways that you don't even know. You can't even perceive. That's just throw it away. That's what Nelson Mandela did. 27 years of being in prison and he gets ready to walk out. You just say, well, you know, I need to kind of let go of this as I go. No, he threw it away. That's what we're to do too. We're to, to realize that. I love what Matthew 6.34 says. Now, notice this is in the message paraphrase. But I, I love the way they put it. Give your attention, your entire attention, to what God is doing right now. That's what Nelson Mandela did. He focused when he got out of prison. I mean, for four years, he focused on what God was doing in his life right now that day. And amazingly, after 27 years in prison by the country that imprisoned him, four years later, he became its president. Because he was focused on God right then, not what's going on in the past. You see what had happened if he hadn't done that? If he hadn't thrown it away, he would have looked a lot like this. Having the weight of that hatred and that bitterness upon him. With all that, he couldn't even have looked up. And the same with us. Exactly the same thing happens to us. So give your attention, the scripture says, to what God is doing today, not what's doing in the past. And it also shows us on the other side. It says don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. Some of us 
are so focused on what's happening or what's going to happen or what you'll want to happen. And you work so hard for that that you don't really even live where you are. You don't enjoy the day because you're so focused on, is it going to go okay? Is it going to happen the way I want to? You're not living. You're not focusing on what God is doing in your life right now. So turn away from the past. Understand that that hinders your freedom. That hinders you being who God wants you to be. And understand that if you look too much to the future, it's the same exact thing. God wants you to enjoy today. As a matter of fact, if you want to have maximum freedom in your life as God created you, you got to focus on today. This is where you live. This is where the freedom is. And if you focus on the past, then you get less than the full freedom God wants you to have. Same thing in the future. You focus on the future more than you do today, then you have negative freedom there as well. And so here's what happens when you're able to let go of that. You're able to live today. You throw all that other junk away. What happens is the sense of fulfillment and freedom you have grows. (laughs) Gee, I I didn't know it could be this way. And it grows. And it, it stacks up and it piles up and your freedom becomes fuller and fuller and fuller in your life. But you can't know that until you chuck all the other stuff that's occupying hard drive space in your life. About a month or so ago, uh, I was blessed to get a new hard drive for my computer. It had a 320 gig hard drive. It was great. I do a lot of videos, you guys see, and so it eats up a lot of space. And so, man, I was always pulling stuff off, and out of 320 gigs, I always had like maybe 10 gigs left. So I was very blessed to be able to get a one terabyte, which is like three times bigger. So now I've got lots of space. You know what's going to happen to that, though? I'm going to fill it up. <laughs> Two years from now, I'm going, gosh. I need a two terabyte. Well, that's what happens to us when our past and our futures are there, man. We are full. And we don't have a whole lot of room for today what's going on. So, so chunk those things. Galatians 5.1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And as you look at that, you're going like, duh, man, that's just circular. You're just saying the same thing around. No, I'm not. What this says is Christ has set you free for a purpose. That purpose is freedom. That purpose is so that you can have more freedom, deeper freedom, so that freedom can stack up in, in your life. That's why he sets you free, not just to have the, the level of freedom that you understand now, while you still kind of got the past and the future and all that stuff kind of weighing on you. No, it's more than that. And so he says, stand firm, and I love that. You know, if you, if you begin to embrace this concept that you are free and that there are things in your life that hinder you from being free from your past and, and your future, God says, Embrace that, take a step away from where you are and stand firm on that and begin living that way, begin throwing that stuff away. But then he adds this word, you notice that? Stand firm, then. (laughs) To me it says he understands that it's not going to be that easy for us because most of us tend to stand like this in life, don't we? You know, we're standing on one leg, balancing all the stuff we have to do. We're not thinking about freedom. We're thinking about all the stuff we have to do, and we go, I can do this. I'm okay. I mean, I can grab a hold of the windowsill here, and there's all sorts of light coming in, and, and so this is okay. But God said, that's not the way it is. God said, instead, stand firm like this. Stand firm understanding that you are free, and it's the cross of Christ that makes you free. And the light that you have comes from Him, and that you need to stand firm in the armor of God. Because let me tell you what, that's a whole lot different. So stand firm then. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened by a yoke of slavery. In the Bible, you see the word yoke a lot. Nowadays, it's like no yoke or, you know, it's, it's the thing in the egg. This is completely different. A yoke is some sort of wooden heavy apparatus 
that they would put around bigly oxen, could be cattle. The purpose of that is so the oxen or the cattle will be able to pull even greater weight. And not only will they pull greater weight, but they will have no choice in the direction in which they pull that weight. And they have no choice in their ultimate destination. You see, that's what the scriptures are telling us. That's what God's telling us here. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And so what is that yoke? It's that box. It's that container. It's that place inside that has that stuff from your past. Yeah, I was bullied, and I'm not really very confident in myself. Oh, man, I set the world on fire until I got to the ultimate place where I had to do it, and I failed. I'm a failure. Oh, that box that says, I've really made some dumb choices in my life, and I have to suffer with them every day. You know, I regret that. And I feel so guilty because those around me who love me and want to help me, they have to bear the weight of that too every day. Or that place that says, I thought life would be easier by now, but it's not. All of those things are like a yoke. And it weighs you down. And it causes you to carry a heavier load. It causes you to to go in directions that you don't really want to go. And it ultimately doesn't let you get to the destination that you want to get to in your life. Notice it says, don't be burdened again (laughs) by that yoke of slavery because we allow that to happen again and again. Honestly, most of the time we don't even realize it. We don't think about it in this way, which is why God this morning wanted us to talk about it in this way. And so you see the X on the box down there? You take the box and understand you got to chunk it. You don't need that stuff in your life anymore. It's not what life is about. And that does block your freedom, freedom that God created you to have. God wants us like Saul in Acts 9 to 28. Saul moved about freely, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. You see, God wants us moving freely in life. He wants us moving about freely. And he wants us to live boldly in the name of the Lord and in the freedom of the Lord that he has given us. Psalms 119.45 says this, I will walk in freedom for I have devoted myself to your commandments. You see, that's the key. To walk in freedom, you have to devote yourself to the commandments. And what's the, one of the first things God commanded us to see and understand about ourselves in the second chapter of Genesis? You are free. So we have to walk in that. We have to think about that. We have to examine the fact that when you know this weight from this box or this container stuff we may not even think about comes upon us, man, we need to throw that thing away. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says this, For the Lord is spirit. Wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You know, some of the outreaching things we do is, like last Sunday, we're going downtown to feed people. As I'm driving over here, because I always come over and hang the signs. You know, even when we're not here, this Sunday, join us in the community helping others. And next Sunday, join us in worship here. And so, as I was coming over here to do that, I start thinking about, oh man, okay, I got all those people downtown. Our people, I think we're pretty well prepared, but the thing that we never know about is how much clothes we have, how many toiletries we have, you know, how many tables we'll have. Are enough people going to show up? And we have all this other stuff. Our people are going to be so disappointed by that. And so I'm going through all that, and then it finally hits me. God says, hey, you're not feeling really free about your life right now. And I'm like, no, I'm not. That spirit of stress, just chug it, just throw it out the window, roll it down and pitch it. And when I do that, I say, well, God, fill me with your spirit. His spirit comes to and there's freedom. And it's like, what an honor. How blessed can I be to be a part of this effort, this church, and where we're going to go and we're going to feed homeless people in the next couple hours. 
I mean, how cool is that? You see, there's great freedom in that. And I'm sure you too maybe have some of those thoughts, but when we get down there, we start setting up, man, I'm not thinking about anything at all except the blessing of what's going on right there that I'm a part of. I'm not thinking about what's going to happen Sunday afternoon or what I've got to do the next week. Man, I am right there today in that moment. That's the way God wants us to be. And I'm sure you've experienced the same thing. As you're setting up and serving, you're not necessarily thinking about the afternoon or next week. Man, you're right there in the moment too. That's because the Spirit of the Lord is there when we do this. And let me tell you, the people that come who don't have a place to sleep, who don't have food, who don't have hope, when they come and they see some smiling faces from this little church out in Oviedo, who's offering them food and toiletries and clothing and conversation and prayer, man, I'll tell you what, they are in the moment too. They feel freedom in that moment as well. That's the way it works. So whenever you feel that heaviness, whenever you realize you've reached into that box or whatever you want to call it in your life, and you start pulling something out, realize that God doesn't want that for you. That's not his plan for your life. Realize you can chunk it. And do just do that. Dear God, the spirit of whatever it is, fear, upset, guilt, regret, Father, I take the spirit, man, I throw it away. And may your Holy Spirit come and fill me now. And when you do that, I'm telling you, you can feel it leave. And you can feel his presence in your life. And there's such beautiful freedom in that. John's 8th chapter says, so if the Son sets you free, you are free through and through. I love that through and through. What does that mean? Absolutely, completely, entirely. See, we live our lives now like, I'm pretty free. Yeah, I'm free. But I do have this other thing that comes around sometimes. The sun sets you free. You are free through and through. And God, in the beginning of the Bible, says you are free. So embrace that. Throw away that spirit of whatever it is that that you pull out of that place in your life. Come to a place where we can play the song of freedom for our spirits, for our interior. And here's the brief story behind the song by Matthew West. This song came from a real-life story of a person who would send in their story to you, and you turned it into, uh, you know, a song. So what was the story behind this one? Jordan wrote to me from Kentucky, and the very first line of his story said, Hello, my name is Jordan, and I'm a drug addict. Wow. And he went on to tell me, he's like, I wasn't always defined by that title. I grew up a preacher's kid, which right away, the story got to my you, heart because yeah. I'm a preacher's kid. He said, I grew up, you know, it was, hello, my name is Jordan, the preacher's kid. And then I grew up, became an all-star athlete. He was a seven-time All-American in track and field, played football, had a scholarship to play in college. And his sophomore year, he broke his ankle. And immediately, sports was no longer his identity. And he received his first prescription drug. And he said prescription drugs took a hold of his life like nothing ever had really? before. And it got so bad where he just, he couldn't get enough. He was stealing from his parents, stealing from his friends. It was, it had just gotten out of control. So he failed two drug tests and the college kicked him out. Lost his scholarship, no more sports. Oh man. As a last resort, he wound up at an addiction recovery program called Teen Challenge. And he spent a year in this recovery program. And he said it was during that time where he began to really allow God into his life for the first time. And this preacher's kid began to know Jesus on his own, in his own heart. And God just began to show him, hey, this is going to be a step to greater things. Your life's not going to be defined by your addiction. He finished his story and said, I went back to the college that kicked me out and I got my master's degree. Nice! That's a great story. He said, now I'm a teacher and a coach at the high school I graduated from and God's calling me into ministry. And the last line of his story said, I don't have to introduce myself the way I once did. Instead, I say, hello, my name is Jordan and I'm a child of the one true king. 
Hello, my name is Regret. I'm pretty sure we have met every single day of your life. I'm the whisper inside that won't let you forget. Hello, my name is Defeat. Bill. I'm a child of the one true king. Jesus said in John's eighth chapter, when you know the truth, that truth, the truth will set you free. So you can take that box and all those things in it and you can toss them aside and then you will be free indeed. So once you do that this week as you feel, hear, think of something that would be typical of that box, take it and toss it away. Ask God to help toss that spirit as far from you as it can be and ask his Holy Spirit to come and fill you because then you'll be free. And if the Son has set you free, you will be free indeed. Join me as we pray. Gracious God, thank you so much for your Son and for your Word. and Thank you for a week of political freedom. Help us, Father, to realize there's a much, much greater freedom than even that. That's the freedom in our hearts and our spirits. We are so blessed to live in America. We praise you and thank you that we have been for some reason selected or some reason chosen to be here. But Father, we want all that you have for us and all that you have for us is that we would be free indeed through and through. So help us this week to take the seeds of your word this morning and to apply them in our lives. Help us to be much freer tonight than we are today. Much freer tomorrow than we were today and and on and on and on. Help us to focus on each day and what you're doing in that day. Not on the past, not on the future. Certainly we need to take care of stuff, Father. But once we prepare the things that need to be done in our lives today and ahead, let us let go of them, Father, and enjoy the freedom you have for us. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen.